There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we're discussing episode four of season five of The Expanse. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I tweeted out two words. Holy shit! I swear to God, this episode, the way it kept going to black, like between scenes, I'm like, they're ending in here. They're ending in here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're ending in here. Like, I was, I, I did not know what was happening. I was stressed out. Yes. <sighs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Major stress oh, man. in this episode. Yes. But before we get into this amazing episode four, we have some feedback for episode three from our bestie friend, Christina. So let's hear what she has to say about episode three. Hey, hey, hey. This is Christina with my thoughts on The Expanse season five, episode three. Mother. Well, we had different mothers in this episode. Naomi being one, Mother Earth being the second. And we also had a third, which is Christian Avasarala, who has not only family on Earth, but considers Earth her actual baby. So all of those things being or trying to be protected in this episode was very heartbreaking as each attempt was rather futile. We see Christian scrambling to try to warn anyone about the impending attack, but she is neglected by her last ally because I love you, Christian, but you really did burn all of the bridges behind and in front of you. She gambled the role as a dictator and that unfortunately alienated her so far away from getting to anyone or even close to Nancy Gao that she is effectively hopeless and trying to confirm exactly what kind of conspiracy is out there and then that first rock hits and you know that dread is all that is going to be coming for the cradle of humanity. Then we have Naomi and And I really wish the show would explain that Naomi was rather a teenager herself when she had a child, which gives a little bit of context to the fact that she's had this delusion in her head for 15 plus years of her baby boy. And she's been assaulting this guilt that she feels by having this illusion that she'll just show up and explain that she loves him and help him get away and be the savior and protect him. 
And that's not who Philip is at all. He's a complete stranger to her. And that reality was too much to face, which put her in a very naive situation that in the end got her freaking kidnapped. But man, the acting between these two, the tension, the fact that they look like actual mother and child was working so well and firing on so many levels. There's this hardness to Philip that you see when he takes a rod and cattle prods his mama but then when he gets on the the ship for the first time the ship that she bought him which is a big deal in the belt having your own ship is something that's unheard of it's a belter dream if you will it would be as in the U.S. follow what is your your wildest dream this would be it for most belters, it's the cementing of family, of crew, of identity, of also the ability to provide for oneself. So it's a huge momentous thing for her to buy him this ship. And for a half a second, you see him appreciate that or at least have a vulnerability about the fact that she did this thing for him. And then it's immediately tossed aside when Sen and Coral come into the room and he tells her that... Or tells them that she's coming with and this was clearly not part of the plan the ship was not part of the plan what was part of the plan we don't know because they kind of changed this a lot from the books I really love the bar scene though seeing Naomi as a belter in a belter uh, location you get a look at the desperate way in which the belters are suffering right now because they are clamoring for work they are losing their jobs the few jobs they have they're becoming redundant even to the governments that they are oppressed by because of these new worlds. What does that mean? What does that build? That hatred, that anger, that resentment, it all fits so well into the narrative that Marco Naros has been spinning. And I think it's going to lead into a lot of the political factors that come on uh, later on in the season. Oh my goodness, I've already rambled by five minutes. I'm so sorry I didn't mean it it so long but i hope you are doing well this new year and can't wait for you to see the next episode yeah christina there were some mothers on this episode <laughs> and some that we'll just say are mothers but leave yes. it at that. <laughs> yeah. i did not think of it though think of like chris um ava salara. ava salara thinking as, as earth as her child that was a very interesting um like idea that you threw out there christina yeah it really was and yeah i kind of thought that naomi was fairly young when she had philip but to hear it from you that she was actually a teenager that does make a huge difference in how we see her as far as being a mother and what her ideals might be towards philip and i totally understand how she could think that just by showing up and being there philip would have a completely different attitude towards her and having raised kids through teenager and older that's not the case (laughs) i thought that they did explain it but maybe she just kind of explained it to holden right yeah she didn't give an age she just i think she just said she was young yeah but But yeah i get it because i mean he's growing up with marco right feeding all yeah i would say all of those 
I don't say ideals, but like just feeding him full all of hate. that hate. Yes, just full of hate. I feel like we're seeing glimpses of maybe, maybe Philip realizes things aren't everything Marco has said, but this is after watching like, you know, the episode that we're on now too, four, and seeing just a little bit of changes. Right. And there has to be something there because. As Christina said, her ending up on the Pella was not in the books, <laughs> mm-hmm. or at least not, you know, it wasn't Philip that brought her. So there had to be something there. If so, Philip wanted her dead, he could have killed her himself. Yeah. So maybe he sees a little bit. I guess right. we'll find out more. Yes, we'll find out more. Yeah. I think there's got to be something there that's got him little tied by the heartstring i'm i'm just not sure how strong it is or if it will last <laughs> very beauty and the beast there might be something there that wasn't there before exactly and yes it is amazing how much they do resemble each other that was i thought that was me projecting no yeah <laughs> no <laughs> Because I'm like, I I wonder if they are related somewhere. Yeah, like, maybe. Well, I mean, they're British, right? They're, <laughs> it seems like all the British actors are related. At now, least that's no, how it works no, out no, for no, Doctor no. Who. Let's not go that, that far, John. <laughs> like, are you sure that he he's not like the fourth cousin of like the third Doctor? And she... I mean, I swear, I mean, that's the joke that there's only like, what, 12, well, 13 doctors. Right, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you see all of these Doctor Who actors and all of these other British shows. So now I'm starting to think we're going to see these two pop up in Doctor Who because, you know. Yeah. It's not that way. (laughs) (laughs) Philip could be the new Doctor. You never know. There we go. Or Naomi, for that matter. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it is interesting that you mentioned the lack of jobs for the Belters now that the ring gates are open and that so many people are flocking to them. I definitely can see that point of view to where that may make Marco more... Desperate? Well, not really desperate, but I think it'll make the Belters more amenable to what Marco is selling. Now, I didn't know, and I didn't write this down. Did she say it was in the book or the show that they stopped making the bone drugs? She said it was in the book. Okay, because they haven't mentioned that, and that makes me wonder if that's going to pop up. Yeah, you would think it definitely going to, because that's the only way a huge majority of the Belters are going to be able to survive on planet, is with that drug. And not even all of them will be able to do that. We saw what happened with Naomi when she was given the drug. It didn't help her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how Marco handles that part of it. And I do want to say, because Christina had mentioned this, too, about them kind of being mad that belters won't be belters if they're on these planets. Isn't that what you always wanted? Oh, absolutely it is. But yes, I can see that causing problems with the ones that can't settle down on a planet. But you think they'd be happy for their children. It seems like there's too many that don't want better. Right. They want more, but not better. Right. Yeah. They want their lives to have some meaning, but they they like what they do where, you know, the ones that are getting out and 
starting a brand new life on a planet, well, you know, there can be some conflict there. But Christina, as always, it is absolutely amazing to hear from you. And at the end of the episode, we'll get to hear from you again. Thanks, Christina. All right, let's get into episode four, Guagamalala. <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you say it, but sure. I, I don't either. That didn't quite sound right. <laughs> Guagamala? I don't know. Uh, it's a weird one. So, somebody Guagamala. listening could let us know how we actually yeah. are supposed to say it. <laughs> Christina, help. <laughs> okay, Marcos's grand plan shocks Earth, Mars, and the belt. You think? Yeah. <laughs> well, we open with the Razorback as we see it speeding between the belt and Mars. They're trailing Lieutenant Babbage and her supposed supply run. Now, of course, Bobby is skeptical and truly believes Babbage is embroiled in some black market stuff, handing off vital Martian stealth tech to Marco Inaros. And she gets to tell Alex a little story about her pet rat and how she had to move on from the emotional baggage, which leads Alex to realize that they are building a coffin for Mars. What a little story that was. Well, that's just sad saying it that yeah, way. Yeah, it really is but I think that's ex- I think Bobby's got it nailed. I think that that's exactly what they're witnessing right now is the death of Mars. You get all these people trying to get off of Mars and go through the ring gates. Mm-hmm. And then the way the Admiral was saying like, oh, all we have to do is get into the ring gates and like defend it against everything. It's like, what? Yeah. This doesn't <laughs> sound like a good thing. No. And suddenly they receive an emergency alert from the UN informing them that there may be delays in travel due to an asteroid crash landing into Earth. Holy crap. Yeah. And I know Alex doesn't know where everybody is. And Bobby at least knows Avasalar is on on the moon. So that's good. But still, it's like, what is happening? Yeah. It gets insane (laughs) real quick. Meanwhile, Amos, of course, is still on Earth. And he's at the UN penitentiary in the Chesapeake Conservancy Zone paying a certain someone a visit. Yeah, I did not know who he was visiting. Yeah, I'm scratching my head going, what the hell? Who could he be going to see? And he's just like totally cool with everything that's happening. It's like, okay, yeah, look at meteors. That sucks. Dude, you're on the planet that they're hitting. Maybe you should be a little concerned. Right. Amos is escorted to the bottom level wherein they house inmates with body mods. Amos notes that there are more bodyguards than inmates. (laughs) And the lady tells him, yeah, those body mods can get pretty rowdy. And they finally reach the cell that opens up and reveals Clarissa Peach's Mao. Yeah, I was you go, like, oh, what? <laughs> of course, we forgot all about Peaches. I did. I completely yeah. forgot about her. And apparently she's on blockers that completely inhibit her modifications. I do not even remember all her mods. It's been like, no, I don't either. I feel like it's been 50 years since we've seen yeah. her. Yeah, I think it was what, season three? Was it was the last time we saw her? Or, yeah, end of two? Like, I seriously don't remember. Yeah, one of those two. And they also appear to drain her energy, and she recounts her day to day, which definitely puts a damper on things because she doesn't have a life. No. And Amos clearly wants to help her since he understands that the world can knock you on your ass from time to time. Well, she didn't even believe he was there. It makes me wonder what the heck they're doing to her, too, with those drugs. Right. I'm sure they're 
some heavy duty to keep those mods at bay. Yeah. However, Clarissa asserts that nobody can help her, and out of nowhere, the penitentiary goes into lockdown as an asteroid hits. Yeah, and, and they're down near. Cla- yeah, they're way underground. Yeah, I was going to say I can't remember how many floors. Cracks and you go, holy crap! And I'm like, is she going to be able to get out? That's what I was wondering. Or right? Is it like all flooded now above them? What's happening? And if it's lockdown, dude, maybe no. <laughs> right? Like, maybe you need to get my butt out of here. <laughs> yeah, because you figure, okay, if the blast was enough to do damage all the way down there, you figure the top part, the ground level, is gone. Right. And we oh, know that's that where there his were stuff more was. guards down <coughs> in the pit than there were prisoners. So there's got to be, I don't know how much of the pit actually survived. I'm, I'm assuming that all of it did. So yeah, it may be interesting to see how that works out and if they can even get out of there. You know, I could, well, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that the only way they're getting out is for all those modified people to just basically Ooh. hulk their way out. Interesting. But why else would they point that out? Right. Hmm. <laughs> so we go to Luna where we see Ava Solara is attempting to contact Secretary General Gao. Now, Delgado reveals that a second asteroid has made impact northwest of Philadelphia, which is too damn close to New York, which is where the UN headquarters are, and probably all of Avasalara's family. Of course, they've completely lost contact with New York, and fortunately, Secretary General Gao was at a conference in Asia, but because of the attacks, is now airborne on her opulent plane. Yeah, what is it, UN-1 or something? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone aboard said plane is blocking Avasalara and Delgado's incessant calls. I'm watching this happen and I'm like, hey guys, maybe she's freaking out. Somebody just needs to answer. Don't worry, she's on here. You know, something. But everyone's right. like, ugh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to hear, need to hear this. Right. Finally, <laughs> Avasalara goes, oh, I know the chef on the plane. <laughs> she calls him and convinces him to bring out food for the Secretary General and his pad. I so. thought it was hilarious because he's like, you know I'm the chef on UN1. She's like, yes, I know. You're macro have made me fat for yeah. years. <laughs> and of course, instead of hanging it up, Gal actually lets Avasalara talk and she reveals that Marco Anaros is behind the attacks and that he's utilizing Martian stealth tech to make the asteroids undetectable. And she's not sure how many more could be coming. Which I thought was interesting because Gal immediately was like, what do you got? You know, to right. listen to her, but the rest of them were like, ugh. Yeah. This one again. <laughs> and uh, she urges Gal to enact the watchtowers again so they can try to preemptively catch and destroy any more asteroids that may hurtle towards Earth. And believe it or not, Gal agrees and demands her associates get the watchtowers ready. I thought that was great because she's like, okay, retask them, do it now. And they actually right. did it and listened right away. Yes, that was <laughs> Which a little surprised surprise. me. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Sure enough, as soon as she says that, another asteroid hits, and we see it knock Gal's plane sideways. And the freaking wings came off. It's like, oh, crap, they're going right. down. Like, Yeah, they will be going down. 
you know, because of course the the cabinet wanted Gal to go to Luna, and she goes, "We're not leaving the planet." Oh, that was dumb. Well, you just might have signed your own death wish there. Uh. <laughs> so later on, we see Ava Solara in her office trying to get a hold of anybody in her family. She's leaving messages for her husband, and she's just this has got her torn up. And we see Delgado dropping in and apologizing for not acting on the situation when she did. And he informs her that it's unclear whose Gal's successor will be. Because nobody knows who's most, still alive. Right. Most of the cabinet was on the plane and the others were scattered across the world. So they just don't have a clue. And then he... Ushers her into a bar where misery loves company. I thought he was going to have her, like, talk to everybody. Right. That's what you kind of... We've got this going. The watchtowers are going to do... You know, like, tell them something. Right. But no, they were just like, all right, let's all chill here. Yeah. That was kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. And they observe, along with the other bar patrons, as the watchtowers catch and decimate an asteroid before it strikes Earth. So God. at least they stopped one. <laughs> I think they, let's see, what's the count? He's sent four or five, and we see, I think, three hit, and probably one on Mars. Okay, and they kept saying, like, and Mars, and Mars. I'm like, wait, did we see one hit Mars? No, we didn't see it. We hear a report where they said that the Martian parliament had been destroyed. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they both governments are in disarray right now. So, of course... Marcos has got free reign on everything. Okay. So we go to Tycho Station while, as we see, Holden and Johnson waiting for the Zemea to arrive so they can ambush it. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go great. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. The bull's waiting inside the shipping container, which Monica was supposed to be in. Zemea approaches, but stops outside the station. And, of course... Holden's spidey senses go off and something's not right, so he tells Bull to get out of the container. Yeah, all of a sudden you see, like, the back end of the Zemito opening up. It's like, wait a second. Yeah, hold on here. Something's not right. Yeah, and of course, the container blows up, but fortunately Bull and company had gotten out just in the nick of time. Well, it was a pretty big explosion, so we don't know if they survived, though. Yeah, we see Bull a little bit do later we? on. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. I forgot. Yep. Because out of nowhere, <laughs> Saki, our engineer that was working on the Rossi, I don't know if I'd get on that ship if I was You know what? It. I was totally thinking, what did she do to the Rossi then? Exactly. It could be so booby-trapped, it isn't funny. Shoots Johnson and flees the scene. You go, Wow, holy crap. I was talking about out. truly an inside job because what the station's uh, reactors were melting down and Yeah, they really had everything like planned out for this. Yes, absolutely. So we see the Zamiya fire something else, which looked like a huge rocket, but no, it lands on the station. And we see Johnson just floating there, bleeding all over the place. And he reveals to Holden that the proto-molecule sample is in his quarters. Oh, yeah. That's a safe place. Yeah. (laughs) 
That should have been off station, hidden away where nobody could find it. Not someplace where you're going to be sleeping close to it. Exactly. And we find out that Saki isn't alone as two other belters join her in betraying Johnson. And, of course, they've got Monica stuck in Johnson's quarters. Great. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, Monica can't win for losing at this point. No. (laughs) Wrong place, wrong time, three times in a row, and it's strike three, you're out. (laughs) So we see this massive red spider-like machine sauntering out of that missile, clearly on the hunt for the proto-molecule. Yeah, that weird little uh, transformer. Yes. What is this thing? (laughs) Yeah, and we see Monica actually get up and fight with Saki, which was surprising to see, while Holden tries to stop the spider machine. The weapon fire does absolutely nothing to it, and he actually tries to get a piece of wood stuck in its gears, but even that won't stop it. Right. It's like, doesn't it have, like, I don't know, a hose to pull to make it stop? I mean, it seems like those kind of machines always have stuff like that. Right. (laughs) However, the machine finds the protomolecule sample, grabs it, and gets the hello out of there. Of course, opening a huge gap in the hole, which doesn't look good for Holden, but fortunately for him, Monica gets Holden pulled inside before the massive doors slam shut. And Saki's just like, ha ha, ha ha. Yeah, we win, you lose. What? Who is we? Everybody's going to lose with this. You don't seem to understand that. Right. And Holden says, I don't care. We're going to, you're going to help us track down who has that protomolecule sample. And then we see him going into the med bay where Johnson has just passed. I'm surprised they killed him off. Yeah, I am too. But the way this season's going, I don't think it's going to be the first or the last. Because we now go to the Pella, where Naomi is being held prisoner on her son Philip's ship. That is, until we learn that it's merely a way station to something larger. Great. Marco Anaro's vessel, the Pella. This is not good. No. And Naomi and Marco reunite for the first time in, oh, I'd say probably at least 15 to 17 years. <laughs> And it's not any fun for Naomi. Of course, Marco believes Naomi is, has been self-centered while he's father of the year material. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Tells her parenthood has transformed his perspective on life. No, it hasn't. No. He incites war with his son instead of doing it by himself. Just so he makes sure that if he goes down, so does his son. Of course, he also believes that Philip needs his mother's love, hence why Naomi will be kept as a prisoner on his ship, because he didn't know this was happening. Yeah, I don't believe that for a minute. Sorry. No, you can't believe anything that comes out of Marco's mouth. He is certifiably wackadoodle. Yeah, and it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, because he shows... Naomi, the news broadcasting from Earth regarding the multiple asteroid hits, and she learns that it was his doing, and she's appalled. Millions of innocent people have died, and now that blood is on Philip's hand as well. Well, enough of that. Philip escorts Naomi to (laughs) a storage 
unit and tosses her in. Yeah, it literally looked like it was like a cell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it wasn't a room. No. <laughs> it was basically a storage closet, just a little bit bigger. And then Marco prepares to broadcast what he's done. Yeah, this is not good. No, he takes responsibility for the attacks on Earth and Mars and calls himself the commander of the Free Navy. And he addresses the inners and takes a stand for the belters. Belters are not to be trifled with. They're just as vital to the universe as the inners. And then he gets tough as he acknowledges Earth and Mars rise to exist, but not beyond their respective atmospheres. Like, that's going to stop <laughs> like yeah just it's fine we can, we can all exist just not really yeah everything outside those two planets including the ring gate and subsequent rings within belong to the belt um yeah <laughs> yeah now i understand and that it shouldn't be any one entities yeah yeah but controlling all of oh, it it's all of us how about we just blow up the ring? It's like, yeah. you know something like that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But then he drops the bombshell that he has the last sample of the protomolecule, which also proves that Saki and her lackeys were working for him. Really don't feel good about the Rossi now. No. And he will not hesitate to use it on anybody that basically stands up to him. That's messed up. So yeah. that's like, it doesn't matter if you're Earth, Mars, Belter. No, <laughs> not at all. And of course, we get cut scenes of everybody watching his speech. From Ava Solara and Delgado to Bobby and Alex and holding on the Tycho. Yeah, this is going to not be good. No. And Marco reveals that the next move will be on the inners and whether they can accept his condition. <laughs> That's not exactly free. No! <laughs> so, at this point, I kind of feel like, alright, you have the protomolecule. Now, he didn't say he had it on his ship, but... No. They could just, like, blow him to smithereens, and then wherever the protomolecule is will be released on something, and then it'll just be horrible. And, like, this right. huge, just... Ugh. War. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He could wipe out. He could split up his sample and just shoot one at Earth and one at Mars, and they'll go just like Ios did. Right. So he could eliminate all the inners in one big fail swoop. So <laughs> not good. Now, I personally don't see Earth or Mars doing anything immediately because they got too much damage control to take care of first trying to find survivors and try to get things back in order. But that don't mean Holden won't do something. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like Holden will always be the one who has to do something here. Yes. <laughs> I think that way as well. So, wow, what an episode. This was, again, stressful. Very stressful. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, we have some feedback from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. So, let's hear what he thought of this episode. Hello, Steve, Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for DX Bonds Season 5, Episode 4. First off, what will Holden do? I think he will take the Rosinante and go after the Protomolecule. 
Well, the Rosinante arrived at Tycho Station, so it does fly, and some repairs have been done, so it only can be better than it was. Perhaps not perfect yet, but I think it should be usable. And the other option is he will take over Tycho Station from Fred, if the belters that are there accept him as a leader. But on the other hand, Fred Johnson wasn't a belter either. If it's true that he will go with Rosananta after the protomolecule, I wonder if Monica will go with him, looking for hot news at the front. Whatever happens, she remains a reporter at heart. And of course, I hope that, because I like Anna Hopkins, who plays Monica. What would Earth do? I wouldn't be surprised if they shift their government to Luna, to the moon, and that Avasarala will play an important role again. We're not completely sure, by the way, that the government of Gao is gone. We didn't see them die, we didn't see a crest plane, etc. Or I missed something. I don't know if Earth is going to retaliate towards the Belters and start a big-scale war. I think Earth has to lick its wounds after two or three big asteroid disasters. Perhaps Mars and Earth will work together and Earth will lick its wounds, and Mars will retaliate towards the Belters, because they should be extra angry, because the Belters used Mars technology to attack Earth. Fortunately, it was d- discovered in time, through Avazarela's work, that they know it wasn't Mars. Perhaps this was not the smartest move of Marco Inaros, using Mars technology to attack Earth. It could have caused a war between Mars and Earth, but now, because it's discovered he was it, Mars and Earth could cooperate and he gets a double enemy. Some people were complaining that there was not enough Amos in this episode, but I think we had quite a bit of Amos in episode 2. I'm not so much a fan of Amos. It's not like that I don't like Amos, but it's just a figure like all the others, and it's not my most favorite. With the enormous violent behavior he can exhibit, I think it was enough of him in this episode, and very curious what he will do together with Clarissa. Hadn't seen it coming, by the way, to see her back. And perhaps even she's going to play a role now, because she can escape now from this prison. Okay, many other topics to discuss, but time's up. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, I definitely think we can count on Holden going after the protomolecule. Well, I don't know. I guess he could leave Bull in charge of Tycho Station. If they are convinced that they only had three uh, <laughs> moles in their uh, midst, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, because with Marcos's speech, Holden may have to get off of Tycho anyway. Yeah, this is going to be interesting what's going to happen on Tycho. Yes. But maybe the people on Tycho, because Tycho has been kind of like a free station, aren't going to look at him quite the same because it's do what I want or else kind of thing. Right, yes. But still, it's like, shit, Fred's gone. What's going to happen? And right. yes, what you said about the Rossi, I, I don't know. That's why you were saying, yeah. like, I don't know if we should trust it. <laughs> nope. I'm a little worried about him just <laughs> jumping in the Rossi by himself and going on chasing it. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see um, 
drummers show up at Tycho before Holden can get out of there and at least team up with them. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, you know, drummer kind of did one of those, I'm done with uh, Marco, so I don't know what the answer is. It's <laughs> nuts. Yeah, this, this uh, I don't know. I don't trust a lot of stuff right now, and this episode has made it worse. Yes. And will Monica end up with Holden? Of course. <laughs> Maybe traveling to try to figure out what's going on. Like, I don't think yes. they'll end up together. No, 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 no. Not that type together. But yes, I do believe Monica will end up going with Holden. Maybe not with Holden's permission, but she'll find a way to stow away on the Rossi if he does leave Tycho, I'm sure. <laughs> and yeah, I think the... the UN has got to move up to Luna with, with whatever is left of it. And like you said, I don't think that they are actually going to retaliate immediately because they've got too much damage control to take care of. I do like your theory about maybe Mars going after the Belters and Marco. I just feel like, yeah, okay, is Mars going to go after Earth? Is Are they going to pair up? Are they going to go after the Belters? Are they going to go after some just Marco? It's like, oh my gosh, there's way too many possibilities or right or are they going to try to get to the ring gate before marco and his people can get established so they can't get through yes exactly i mean because they were tearing down all the a lot of the martian battle cruisers so they might not have enough military to go after marco hmm. didn't think about that right and yeah i'm sure there were a lot of comments online about not enough amos but I agree with you, Fred. There was definitely plenty in first couple episodes, and now he's in jeopardy as well. I mean, everybody's in jeopardy right now. I personally like Amos because his story has been changing so much, but... Right. Yeah, the way they yeah. left it, it's like, oh, gosh, now what? So... Right. That'll get me wanting more. Let <laughs> me just put it that way. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But as always, Fred, we really appreciate your feedback and looking forward to hearing from you again. Thanks, Fred. And as I said earlier in the episode, we do have some feedback from Christina on episode four. Let's see what wisdom she can part on us this time. Hey, 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 it's Christina again, giving my feedback thoughts on The Expanse season five, episode four. I just recorded my thoughts on episode three and then realized you already posted it, but I'm going to include it anyway and you could just listen to it. But I really was completely floored with this episode. A lot of things were expected. Some things were not. Fred dying? No! He definitely dies in the books, but this is not the time in which he does die. So I thought this was a good twist for book readers. Makes a lot of sense. Didn't necessarily hurt anything too much, but it definitely changed the trajectory on how the belt is going to be responding, going to be shifting some roles around. So that'll be interesting to see who ends up in which corner. You also have the rocks hitting earth, the big BAM event, our red wedding of the series. I will say I much prefer the way they did it in the books. I understand the way in which they did it in the show and I'm fine with that. This is a great 
companion piece, but man, this is one of those books in which the characters' insights are the context, the meat on the bones of this very, very uh, huge stake of a storyline. But those rocks hitting was something out of left field and not even Christian Avasarala would consider that Marco would do something so batshit crazy. And it is very absolutely insane what he has targeted and what he has accomplished. Not only that, he bombed the or staged a attack on the Martian parliament. So that tells us that there must be a very small group of Martian de facto's that have been selling him these weapons. And then you get the attack also on Tycho Station by killing Fred Johnson. And what's going to happen to Dawes? I don't think that he's going to show up in this season. Like, I'd be really surprised if he had like some, because you can record a scene and just have it play on a little telecom, whatever. But I have a feeling they may save him for an off-screen death. That's just my prediction. Marco did warn in season four that he had people on different stations and to be wary of that. He said even your precious Medina station and we see that he was not lying whatsoever. And as I said in my previous feedback, he could not have written a better narrative. You have these ring gates, you have the landslide of belters being unemployed and going even more hungrier than they already were with the breadbasket of the belt being completely done. You have the ring gates are worlds in which whoever can live there that are belters will no longer be belters. You have so many different political factors. And then even Tycho Station, we saw Bull all in the last three episodes, right? Being nothing but a belter kind of racist. I mean, he says, who says belters can't? get jobs, Belter Griff, he made a lot of derogatory marks against the people that he is now in charge of that they have to call boss. It's such a well done and well thought of palatable reason why, even in the face of such a horrific act, such as throwing three rocks on earth and killing millions, if not billions of people, that people will still, Belters, be inclined to say that the speech he gave at the end is some type of emancipation from the century's worth of slavery in some aspects of their life. Now, some part that they don't bring up, which is a little tidbit from the books, is the fact that they stopped making the bone drugs for the belters to actually take the medications to live on the world. It's just another way to psych or physicology or is it psychology? Probably both affect their ability to get any type of wealth from these new worlds for their self. So a lot going into that crap. I talked again till five minutes, but I cannot wait for you to see the next episodes. Really great stuff. That scene with Marco and Philip. that, oh, oh my God, I could just talk for 12 hours just about that alone because, woo, that is the Inaros whole family drama is definitely one for the history books man just just pick it up just pick up nemesis games put it on audio i know it's like three hours but you will not regret it okay i'm done nam sing
Yeah, I am surprised that Fred didn't die any sooner in the books as well. And I do think that this is going to cause some some issues with who's controlling what. I mean, I'm still in shock. Yeah. And I know you did do say that Marco warned everybody that he had people everywhere. And yeah, we see it, saw it on Tycho. And who's going to take over that station? Is it going to be the belter racist bull? <laughs> I'm thinking not. I am just trying to wrap my head around who it could be. And I, it, the only, and I think we even said this is I, the only person that I could see Belters rallying around is Holden because we yeah. saw that, you know, when they were there before and they all seemed to be cheering him on. So it was like, at least the Belters have some respect for him. <laughs> Well, some of them. Yeah, some of them. Probably not all of them. I can uh, think of uh, one for sure. <laughs> right. This this is just, it's weird because it's like, you know, that's like a power vacuum. Yes, a very big one. And yeah, so it has to be a big, I can't say just a big personality. Like if Naomi were back, I think a lot of them would follow her. Right. Yeah, I so, think that's really the the only hope is to somehow, some way, get Drummer and Naomi together. And if they can get together, I think they could actually convince enough belters to be on their side to where it would get pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to put a pin in that and yes. see what happens. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I love these teases from uh, Christina, that's for sure. And yeah, I guess you definitely, we definitely can call this episode the Red Wedding of uh, the Expanse because <laughs> <laughs> more people died than we expected, but none of the important ones, that, or at least the ones that we care about the most. <laughs> None of our central team. Yes. Let's put it that way, because I'm shocked Fred made it this far yes. from when we first seen him. Right. Absolutely. So. Well, once again, Christina, thank you for your fantastic feedback and can't wait to hear your thoughts on episode five. Thanks, Christina. Well, you know what everybody else said. We want to know what you think. Why don't you shoot us an email and you can either do audio like our previous feedbacks or you can just shoot us an email because we'd love to share it with everybody to contact us at fangirlzone.com. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on because ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show. It is so good. And of course, we hope you're enjoying our podcast. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangalas. And I'm Steve. When you come out the other side of this, you're going to want to be doing something that matters. And until next time.